Episode 14 of Fitness Behaviour with Bevan James Isles. It's time to reset the reset. Righto guys, welcome along to episode 14 of Fitness Behaviour, your monthly podcast on the behaviours that create a lifetime love of fitness and all the benefits that come alongside that. Well, it's been a pretty crazy time for me right now. I'm actually in Hawaii filming, well not filming, recording today's show and I'm recording it because I've been doing a lot of work at the World Ironman Championships. Um, I do another podcast called I Am Talk which is I've talked about on the show over the times and we um every well we did it two years ago and we're doing it again this year and we may it may become a bit of an annual event but we go to Hawaii we come to Hawaii and we basically record a lot of interviews with the real top professional athletes in my old sport of Ironman triathlon and um, my partner who I do the Iron Talk podcast is John Newsom he comes over with me and we basically just work our butts off to be honest in the last kind of six days it's been pretty much 14 hour days every day and some days even longer just getting those shows out it's been a really really cool thing like Ironman as a sport is one of those sports that is designed to push people to their max so there's a there's an appeal to that around the sport which is really kind of great but to then see the highest level people in the sport and get the opportunity to talk to these people you really get an insight in what it's like to deal with adversity at its highest level yesterday they had the race and we were watching I was doing lots of interviews post race and, and even the age group athletes coming in and you know, a lot of people could hardly walk and they were just in such a high level of fatigue and, and you'd watch them during the race and no matter what, they just kept on moving because they had this mission they were on and they committed so much time, energy and resources into achieving this massive goal and to see people push through under these conditions and, and achieve you know, such a massive thing was a bit of a privilege to be honest and I always walk away from these experiences feeling pretty inspired and so I'm kind of got my mojo right now, I'm feeling all inspired and so it's probably a good time to be doing the show. So this show is a little bit late but it's partly because I planned to do it while I was here but I didn't realise how much work we'd be doing but if you do want to listen to I Am Talk, it's a it's a very specific to triathlon and for a lot of people that won't kind of be the appeal but I, I do recommend that you listen to a few of these episodes over the last few days because we get a chance to interview, again, like I was saying earlier, some of the top people in our sport. And when you get to listen to these people, the level of mental strength and, and lessons that you can learn from just listening to them is, is massive. And, and I, you know, I, it's, I always think in life that if you can spend time with someone who is high level in any area, you often walk away from that conversation with, well, learning a little bit about, or probably reflection on yourself. And that reflection on yourself can often help you discover things about yourself that you may not have considered in the past. And when, you know, for John and I in this situation where we get to spend time with these high-level people in a short block of time, you know, I walk away from this week with just a lot of reflective thinking around where I'm at and what I need to be doing as I move forward in my life. And that's where sometimes listening to those kind of interviews could be valuable. So you may want to check those out, and that's on the website dub dub dub. I am talk.me. It's me.me. So you can check those out there. Uh, what else has been happening? Well, to be honest, that's pretty much all that's been happening, really. And back in Christchurch, I can't even remember back in Christchurch. I've been in Hawaii for so long. I tell you one thing I did do a little bit silly yesterday. I thought I'd come to Hawaii and, and I'll try to get a bit of a tan. And so, um, because I, I'm pretty pale in general, because I don't really care about getting a tan, you know, when in Hawaii, you must try to get a tan. And so I thought I'll, I'll keep my top off for a little bit in the race and put some sunblock on later on in the day. And so we're kind of riding around and kind of watching the race and getting interviews as we're going along. and 
because I kind of didn't put my top on and didn't put sunblock on, I kind of forgot. And I must say, my back is, is red, is a red thing right now. Honestly, it's so red. And last night was a bit of a painful night's sleep. So, um, slip, slop, slap didn't happen yesterday, but I'll be sharpening up on that over the next few days as I come before I leave Hawaii. So, anyway, I'm going to get pretty much straight into this month's show. Um, yeah, let's, let's put it on and then we'll rock on. I'll talk about some other stuff at the end of the show. I thought I'd share with you guys an experience I had a few years ago, which was um, which was a really interesting experience. And, and, and you know, in the intro, I talked a little bit about you know the high level people and what you can learn from them. And, and this is an experience for myself as an as an athlete, as an early age in my athletic career. If you talk to people in sport, they'll talk about you know what is your athletic age. And um, so, for example, you might get someone who starts doing Ironman triathlon at the age of fifty, but have never done any sport in their life. So, in theory. They are kind of zero in their athletic age, and you know, then for ten years they'll, you know, by the age of sixty, they may have done ten years of triathlon, and they'll be so ten years athletically. And and then you look at the other side of the coin, and you may get athletes who are very young, but you know, only be like early twenties, um, but they've been competing since the age of five or, or six and swimming, and then you know, they move into something like triathlon. And you know, these guys are so young, but athletic age-wise, they're actually quite experienced. And, I look at my athletic age around the time of this experience and it was very early on. I was, I'd been into fitness for a while but I hadn't really been a competitive athlete for that long and I'd been doing Ironman. I think I was during my second Ironman. I was training towards my second Ironman and, and one thing you learn um, when you're kind of new to the sport is you, you kind of, as you progress as an athlete, you you get better at being more disciplined to the program. So early on in my career when I you know, I had a coach and it's actually John, the guy who I did the podcast with, but John was my coach and he brought me up these programs and and I'd probably, if you looked at how I did my program, John would write me up a program, and and I probably would, at that stage in my career, probably achieve around seventy percent of the program that was written down each week. So John would maybe write me, you know, swim bike run on a Monday, a ride on a Tuesday, and a Wednesday a run, and so on. And then with me, I always had the, you know, I had to teach gym classes because that's how I, what I did for my income at that time. And around that time, I was probably a seventy percent athlete. You know, of the program, I try to get the key sessions in and you know miss a few sessions each week and sometimes you'd miss sessions that you'd look at and you go okay well if I can miss this 45 minute swim it's probably not so bad so I can afford to get away with that and then sometimes you'd miss some what you'd consider key sessions so as a coach would write you up a program and you'd really write the big sessions of the week that you really really want to achieve and this there'd been a period where I'd missed a couple days of training and what you tend to find is once you miss one day of training, it's, it's kind of almost easy to miss the next day or, it's, or it's, it's, you know, it's easy just to kind of fall off the bandwagon a little bit. And I'd had a couple of days where I think it's three days in a row where I pretty much hadn't done any of the program, you know, and, and if we think back to athletic age around that time, you know, I was only a 70% guy. And so, you know, to miss a day was okay, or to miss a session here or there is okay, but to miss two days was a pretty big thing. But to miss three and to miss the key session on that third day, which was a two and a half hour run, was a pretty massive thing. It was really leading me down a path towards or moving me away from the objective or the goal that I was trying to achieve that time, was, which was to have a fast Ironman race. <clears throat> Excuse me. So around that time... It was, I remember it was a Tuesday, I'll never forget this, it was a Tuesday night and 
I planned to get up that morning and go for my run to get it out of the way because I'd already missed two days of training and I planned to get out and I got up and, you know, kind of made all the excuses. Oh, you know, I'll delay it. So, you know, it's often what I do as an early athlete. I delay, you know, I plan to do a run at six in the morning and then I wake up at six and go, oh, I want to go to bed. I want to stay in bed. So I go, okay, well, at 12 o'clock today, I'm going to get this run and and then 12 o'clock will come along and, you know, and then you get to the point where, you know, at night and, and I've always known as an athlete, I'm not a very good night trainer because I tend to work at the gym at night and to do anything post-gym is really setting myself up for failure. But at 12 o'clock, I thought, no, no, tonight I feel motivated. I'll, I'll go teach a class at the gym and then I'll go and do my two-and-a-half-hour run, and, you know, which was setting myself up for failure. And I'm, I'm laying in bed, well, and, and, and I took the class and, and, I, and I didn't do my two-and-a-half-hour run. And on this Tuesday night, after missing three days of training, I was laying in my bed and I couldn't get to sleep because I had so much guilt around what I was not doing, not getting out and doing my two-hour and a half-hour run. And in the end, something snapped. And I thought, if I'm going to achieve this goal, I have to get out and do this run right now. So I really did. It was just like a snap of turning off the switch. And at that moment, I jumped out of bed, got my running shoes, got all ready for a long run, and started to take off in a long run, a two-and-a-half-hour run, which took me to two-and-a-half or two-thirty in the morning, and I still had to teach in the morning, so it was kind of not the best plan, but I had to get out and I had to restart this run. I remember the run, it was it was a really bizarre run because you don't tend to train at that time of night and you know, we we all tend to have a timetable in this world. And I remember running around under the stars and it was kind of random and kind of beautiful at the same time. Another thing I remember is I saw this German shepherd running down the road and I imagine it was just a domestic dog and it made me think, what do animals do at night? And it was kind of just kind of strange. But So something about that moment happened to me that made, taught me a really valuable lesson. And, and athletic age-wise at that moment, I was a 70% guy, as I talked about earlier. Like if I looked at the program, I was achieving about 70% of it. But as I moved forward as an athlete... I got better and better at becoming what we consider a 100% athlete, 100% committed to the program and achieving the objectives of the program. I look at the last Ironman race I did and I was so proud of the 12-week block that I put into it because A, I was having the busiest period of my life as in regards to business, lifestyle and everything else. And I was also had the hardest training program that I'd ever had as an athlete up to that moment. And in that 12-week block, I achieved every session. I achieved 100% of what I had to do. And and I, I walked away from that last race and just proud of who I had become as an athlete. And over the years, I'd gone from being that 70% young athlete and as, as you know, I go back to that athletic age from, you know, my, a young athlete through to being a 100% athlete at my more experienced age. And if I talk back to what I was talking about before, the start of the section is when I talk to these people who are the high-level people, they are really good at figuring that out. It's how to become 100% committed to the objective they are trying to achieve. But that night, that night as I sat in bed at 12 o'clock at night, I learned a very, very important lesson that I took forward and it made me grow as, as an athlete in this experience. I learned the idea of resetting. And I'm going to explain a little bit about what that means right now. We often have periods of time, we often have rules or objectives or, or a plan for success. And I think I'll talk to you around nutrition around this because I, I think a lot of people are going to identify around nutrition with this. And 
I'll talk around nutrition, but then I'll bring it back to sports as well because I know I have a lot of athletes listening to the show. But we often have a set plan, and there's, you know, if you listen to this right now, you probably think, okay, these are the things I do when I am eating healthy. You know, I, I eat fruit at lunchtime, or I, I don't eat too much chocolate. There's there's a certain set of rules that you have now. Sometimes those rules can be unrealistic, and I think that's something you can look at, and we could talk about in another show. But you know, other times. To be fair, I think most people are probably a little bit too unrealistic on the rules they set for themselves, so they kind of set themselves up for failure. But let's say, for example, you allow yourself to have a little bit of sweet stuff each day. So at lunch, you allow yourself to have two chocolate biscuits. And, you know, that's one of the key rules that you have around eating healthy. You have fruit, um, a healthy sandwich, and a couple of chocolate biscuits as a part of your lunch each day. And for the first part of the week, on Monday and Tuesday, you get up, you get to lunchtime, and you, you eat your bit of fruit, you have a, a half a sandwich or a sandwich, and then you have your two chocolate biscuits. That's your healthy place. That's your set of rules that you consider to be your healthy rules. But let's say after lunch on, on Wednesday, you get to Wednesday, and you sit there, and after lunch, and you see they've got the little box at work that has you know, chocolate bars, $2 for charity or something like that, or the vending machine at your work. And after lunch, you look at the vending machine and you think to yourself, mmm, that Snickers bar looks really great. So you go and you buy the Snickers bar and you put it in and you eat it. Suddenly you've broken your rules. And what happens is, we tend to find that when people break their own rules, they tend to go totally off track. They tend to go like totally in the opposite direction. So... You normally have your, your lunch, you have your fruit, your sandwich, and your two biscuits. Once you've had that Snickers bar, you, you, it's like the rules that you maintain around how to live a healthy lifestyle have been totally demolished. And from here forward, you can do whatever you want in regards to your nutrition. So what tends to happen is that people, you know, well, I had that, it's almost like I've, that bad decision justifies a lot more bad decisions. So you go, well, I've had that Snickers bar. You know, two o'clock comes along and normally maybe you just have a cup of soup or something, you know, pretty low calorie or, you know, pretty healthy, maybe a small piece of fruit or something. But instead you go, well, I had that Snickers bar earlier, bugger it, I'm going to have another Snickers bar or I'm going to have, you know, uh, uh, something really sweet or, or I'm going to have, you know, whatever that bad food is to you. A bag of chips, you know, I'm going to have a big bag of chips because, you know what, I had that Snickers bar. And then like, dinner comes along and you're driving home and you had this plan to have this really healthy dinner for dinner that night, but then you drive past the takeaway place and you normally wouldn't stop and get takeaways on a on a Wednesday night. So you, But you think to yourself, well, I had that Snickers bar and I've had the chips, I've kind of blown it out for today, so I'm going to, you know, have the, you know, McDonald's on the way home from work. And then you get home and, you know, you kind of get where I'm going with this. That you, once you blow out, you blow out over the top massively. And because you've broken your set of rules, it's almost like you, you allow any bad behavior to happen. Now, what's interesting is if you look at diets, is that diets, you know, I don't know if I want to talk too much about diets because I'm not a huge fan of diets. And, you know, I think healthy living is the way to go. But if you look at diets or you look at, I suppose the better way to look at it is if you look at where most people do most damage with their body weight is in those moments. That generally most people eat healthy the majority of time, or at least you know, we'll say 60% of the time. When they fall off the bandwagon, they do so much damage to their health. Let's look back to the example I talked about there. You have your two biscuits at lunchtime, then you have a Snickers bar. Now, if you were to just stop then and get back on track, you know, sure the Snickers bar wasn't the best plan, but 
you know, it probably wouldn't have hurt too much. But because once we break the rule once and we totally lose all the rules, then what tends to happen is the damage you're doing by then having chips in the afternoon lunch, having McDonald's for dinner, and I imagine for the rest of the night just eating lots of bad food, the damage you are doing to your body and the calorie intake you are putting in is absolutely massive. That by falling off the bandwagon, you're doing a massive amount of damage to your body because you go so far to the extreme in your behaviours in those moments. It's really fascinating. And if you look at diets, it's, you know, there's been some research, I was listening to some research on this recently, and they were talking about how you know, that's actually the time when most people do the, you know, put the most amount of weight on is because once they fall off the track, they absolutely lose the plot. Now what tends to happen in these situations is that you know, you'll fall off the track and you won't, you know, you'll have that bad day and you'll continue the, the, the really destructive bad behaviour because you've already made the bad decision for a certain period of time. Now for some people that may be a week, so let's say Wednesday comes along and you, you know, you get to that, you eat the Snickers bar and then, you know, you just, for the rest of the week you just have, you know, destructive behaviour. You know, I couldn't stick to the diet, so bugger it. But there becomes a moment where you know you need to reset you know you need to sharpen up on the behaviours. A lot of people will say, next Monday. Next Monday, I'm getting back to being sharp again. And next Monday will come around and they'll eat healthy for a certain period of time, then they'll break a rule, and then they go back down that destructive path, which is creating a lot of damage in their, you know, in their physical health. For some people, it may be the next day. Some people may wake up on the Thursday morning and say, no, no, I'm resharpening up again. The interesting thing, what's the learning we're going to go towards here? Well, the interesting thing is, is that once we set that moment where we're going to reset, we tend to go back to good behaviours. And, we, you know, we're going to fall off the bandwagon again. That's the thing, we all fall off the bandwagon. Everyone, you know, everyone has moments where they fall off the bandwagon. But what we need to learn to do is to identify when we're falling off the bandwagon and change the reset time. It's a really important lesson. I'm going to say it again. We need to identify when we've fallen off the bandwagon and we need to change the reset time. So what does this mean? So let's go back to our situation. You've had your Snickers bar, you've had your chips, you've had McDonald's, you've gone home, you're eating like crap. Now for some people that may last through to the next Monday when they're actually going to get up and reset to back to good behaviours. But ideally, what we want to do is to reset out to our good behaviours as soon as possible. So, you know, like if we're thinking back to Monday, that's a really long time to reset back to our behaviours. We've got probably four or five days of damage that you're going to do to your physical self in that time. If we look and think, well, if you reset it to the next day, that's a much better scenario. Instead of having four or five days of massive damage that you're doing to your body, you're going to have around 12 hours of damage to your body. But let's say we could learn to reset to a much, much smaller time. Let's go back to the situation we've been going on. You go, you know, you get to lunchtime and the Snickers bar happens. And you know what? We're all going to have moments of weakness. We're all going to have times where we just fall off the track. So don't beat yourself up about it. Sometimes these things happen. But then what you need to do is at that moment, you need to identify that you've fallen off track. And how do you do that? Well, it's, it's obvious that when the, the, you know, the three o'clock comes around, you, you, you often find that, and this is just speaking from experience, but let's say I did do the Snickers bar at that time, I'm instantly starting to think of the next bad behaviour I'm going to do. So because I've let down my guard, I think, okay, well, at three o'clock I'm going to have some chips today, and I'm not going to have a little bag of chips, I'm going to get the biggest bear because I'm allowed to do this now because I've broken all my rules. 
So start to learn your thinking around, and I suppose that's one of the real key points, is once you've fallen off the bandwagon, start to learn your awareness tools that are pushing you more towards staying off the bandwagon. Then once you've understood that you've fallen off the bandwagon, you want to reset the time that you're going to get back on task. Now, like I was saying before, a lot of people will do four or five days away, some people will do the next day. But what if you were to do two hours from now? So at 12 o'clock you have your Snickers bar, and then you think to yourself, oh, I fell off the bandwagon. Okay, at 2 o'clock I'm going to get back on the bandwagon. And what I'm going to do to help me do this is I'm going to set an alarm on my phone so that at 2 o'clock I'm going to hear that alarm and I'm back on track. Now this is a massive tool to help you be successful, especially for people losing weight, and we'll talk a little bit athletically about it in a minute, but it's a massive tool that can help you be successful, because if we look at the weight situation, if you did that, let's say you have your Snickers bar, you identify, you go, okay, well I fell off the bandwagon, at 2 o'clock I'm going to reset my alarm, and when I hear my alarm, it means I go back to good behaviours. By doing that, you're eliminating those three or four days of massive damage that you're doing to your body by putting an over, you know, bad foods into your body in, a, in an extreme amount. Whereas if we go by two o'clock, well, again, sure, you've, you know, the Snickers bar hasn't been, you know, you know, hasn't been the ideal situation, but at the end of the day, it's probably not going to kill you. By resetting our focus earlier, we're avoiding a lot of damage. So how do, we, how do we be successful with this? And I think there's a couple of things we need to think about. The, the first key point is you need to become aware of when you've fallen off the bandwagon. And, you know, we tend to have a set of habits that we'll maintain when we're in a good place. So when one of those habits, other habits that aren't in your good place are starting to come into play, you need to become better and better at being aware of what those are. So, you know, the Snickers bar situation, you know, you, you've had your two chocolate biscuits that you're, you're quite happy to have those in your day and that's, that's healthy in consideration of your whole dietary outlook. But then when you added the Snickers bar, the first thing you need to do is go, okay, well, that was a bad behaviour. But that does not mean that I should keep going on this path. So once you've created the awareness around the bad behaviour, you want to consciously decide to put a reset time in place. I don't think you need to do it right now. I think that you have to allow some time because I think right now you're in your moment of weakness. Right now you've had your Snickers bar and so if you're going to say right now I'm resetting, what you tend to find is that you've kind of, I don't know, I've just found through experience that it's better just to allow a little bit of time. But we want to make that time pretty small so that you're not going to put a lot of damage in. So you don't want to go, okay, I've got two hours, I'm going to eat like absolute madness. Instead you want to go, okay, I've got two hours and go back to work and then when I hear the alarm I go back to setting good behaviours. Then once you've created that awareness, set in place that's going to be make you consciously aware of that moment. And I really do like the idea of setting alarms, so like setting a phone alarm or alarm on your computer or, or alarm at home or, or something like that so that you know that once that time hits, you're going to be moving in that direction. Once you've set the alarm, what you tend to find is that your mind then starts to go back to how will you be focusing on having the good behaviours that you've had moving forward. You know, so instead of going, well, I'm going to be having chips at 2 o'clock and I have the biggest bag possible, you'd be going, okay, well, because I'm going to be resetting my alarm, what should I do to make sure I eat healthy? And you'll go back to going, well, maybe a piece of fruit is a good snack to happen. You know, instead, once you've set the alarm, instead of going to McDonald's on the way home from work, I'm going to have to think about how I can make sure I go past McDonald's and have a healthy meal as well. So I might ring my partner and say, can you make sure dinner is cooked on the way home so I can make sure I have a healthy meal? Something like that. 
by having the refocus you and the reset, your mind goes back towards the behaviors where you are on your good track. You can kind of, I'm sure you're listening to this and you're kind of going, this makes sense. It's one of those things when you kind of learn about it, you kind of go, wow, this is so obvious. Why haven't I thought about doing this earlier? And it's, it's like I always say in every show, it's a practice skill. The more you create the awareness, the better you are at resetting. The more you reset, the better you'll come at doing it. And if we look back to my athletic experience, when I first started out as an athlete, I had a lot of bad habits around missing sessions. And what I would do is I'd go for a period of time where I was willing to reset. So I may go you know, up to three days where it gets to the point where I'm running two and a half hours in the middle of the night, you know, kind of doing crazy running. And, you know, that was because I got to that extreme point. It was kind of like me, you know, me in that situation, not training was like me eating too much because my objective was to have the best IMM race that I could have. So for me to do that, I had to train to do that. So if I missed sessions, I was not achieving my best behavior and my best result, I suppose. And when I missed those sessions, I would then go towards that destructive path. So I missed that session, I must have missed this session. And it would get to the point where I would have to reset. So I may miss, you know, again, back to that 12 o'clock at night. I got to the point where, you know, I have to reset. As I grew as an athlete, I became more and more aware of this, so that if I missed a session, I would instantly reset how I was going to get refocused again. And that was one of the tools that got me to the point where at the end of my career, I became what I considered probably a 99% athlete. I don't know if I hit 100%, but I definitely know I walked away from that period of time being very proud that I pretty much hit everything that I was meant to do. So I gave myself the best chance of being successful on race day. And so for those out there who are struggling with sport and or, or, or movement or, you know, at, you know, keeping fit. This is a tool that you can use with that as well. I suppose, you know, like everything I teach in this podcast, are the skills that can be transferred into every area of your life. So when you find, you know, as an athlete, you've missed a session, instead of going, well, today's session, I'm totally off. You go, well, okay, what I need to do is, you know, that, that swim I was meant to do at three o'clock, you know, because I didn't do my run in the morning. Okay, well, reset at two o'clock, sets the alarm. I have to pack my bags to go and reset for the swim. There's another strategy we can add on top of this, the reset rule, and I've just made that up there, the reset rule, I like that, I should patent it. The reset rule, the other rule, the other thing we need to do is the idea of delayed response. Let's say you are being really, really weak. Let's say you've just had a really weak experience around, you know, the Snickers bar. We'll go back to Snickers bar experience because we've kind of talked around it a lot. Let's say you've been really, really weak and, um, you know, you reset the alarm and two o'clock comes around and you're still struggling. You're sitting there and you're thinking, oh, those bag of chips, I really want those bag of chips. First thing that you can do, now, now I actually think the reset rule works pretty well, but you know, I'm thinking worst case scenario right now. The first thing you do is you allow yourself to have the bag of chips. You say, yep, I can have the bag of chips. I'm totally free to have the bag of chips whenever I want them. I know that doesn't, <laughs> well, no, actually, I'm thinking that way. It's not whenever you want them. I can have the bag of chips, but there's a condition. And we're going to have a delayed response. So the condition is, I can have these bag of chips at 3 o'clock. But in the next hour, I have to drink a healthy drink and I have to have a healthy snack beforehand. We find that when we do a delayed response, for some reason, and I don't know the science behind it, but for some reason, that time period that you delay, and by putting some good habits in place, then when the 3 o'clock comes around, suddenly you no longer desire that thing you desired at that moment, the bag of chips. Again, if we look at an athlete, it's the same thing as well. If we're missing a session, we'll go back to the three o'clock with the swim. It's one of the greatest tricks I've always used as an athlete. In the days when I'm really struggling to get out the door, I give myself, I can go as easy as I want rule. 
so let's say I was meant to go for a run that day and I was really really struggling with the idea of going for a run at three o'clock and I had a really hard session planned and the hard session is the thing that makes me fearful of actually getting out the door but in those days yeah, I identify that well this could be a bit of a mental struggle for me to do it and the intensity of the session is making me fearful of getting out which gives me a chance of not doing it so what I can tell myself is that especially if I'm resetting, this is really important, what I tell myself is that all I have to do today is get out the door and go as easy as I want. What you find is that getting out the door is the hardest part. It's getting through that first moment, and it's kind of like with the food, getting through that first moment is the most challenging aspect of this, this you know, being successful and doing this. Once I get out the door, once I get my shoes on, once I kind of start moving, I find I'm, I'm, you know, I suddenly want to run fast. You know, I might be slow in the first five minutes, but once I'm warmed up and I'm physically ready to go, I want to hit the objectives of that day's training session. So the delayed response is another tool that you can use to help you be successful around this. When you have a bad decision or when you, you really want something, allow it to happen at a later time frame. Have something healthy in place beforehand and with food that would be a healthy snack. With exercise, it's a healthy level of intensity that you think would be easy. Then get out the door and or make it work. You'll find that when, you know, with the food situation, when three o'clock comes around, you'll find it's no problems. We all fall off the bandwagon. We all have moments where we eat too much food, where we miss a day's training, where we lose focus. It's post that time that can do the most damage to whatever objective you're trying to achieve. As an athlete, through training. By missing one session, if you have a post period by missing that session where you have three days where you miss that session, it's moving you away from the person you want to be as an athlete. With diet, if you have that Snickers bar and then you wait till next Monday to reset, you're doing a massive amount of damage to your body. But in those moments where we know we are losing focus, if we can create awareness around our, our falling off the bandwagon and then reset the time frames to get back on focus in a shorter period of time, and I always think around two hours is a good set of time, to set some markers in place, like an alarm, so that that time will come up and we have a real awareness for you, you'll find you'll be doing less damage and putting yourself more on focus towards the behaviours that will make you the better version of yourself. And then at those times, if you do find you're still struggling, by using the delayed response tool, you're going to be more successful in achieving what you want to achieve. These strategies are really good strategies, and, and again, like I was saying earlier, they are things that you practice. If I go back to my athletic age, when I first started out, I was a 70% athlete. I raced as an Ironman triathlete for around six to seven years. It didn't go from you know seven percent to one hundred percent within a month. It took me a few years to practice and learn these skills and to develop them, so that I would become in that last moment of my career a ninety-nine percent athlete. Where I was really proud of myself because I knew how to deal with these moments. And really, like everything I always say, it's just a skill. Keep practicing it. Keep practicing it. Start to create the awareness around what you're doing. And you too will be doing more of the behaviours that you want to move towards and becoming the best version of yourself. Go on. Give it a try. (laughs) 
Right, guys, that's uh, pretty much this month's show. So uh, hopefully you got a lot from it. It's a uh, it's an area I think that a lot of people will, will, will I really believe this is a good, a good one so I kind of hope you get a lot from it and you can kind of take those lessons forward I am doing a workbook again I'll probably do it over the next few days actually I know I'm going to be doing it over the next few days because it's my kind of project on the plane uh, one of the nice things about going on a plane drive uh, trip is that you get a chance to get some stuff done I, I always try to watch some movies and uh, but on the way here I pretty much, pretty much watched every movie on the plane so on the way home I figure I must get some work done so on the way home on the plane I'm going to be creating a workbook and that will be up on um, this Wednesday on my website bevanjamesisles.com and again that will be $3 and it's a good workbook just to set in stone some of these you know these these strategies that we've introduced today the idea of the, the time reset and the delayed response by having these strategies in place, by working through the workbook, you can look at some times in the day where you would often fall off the bandwagon and be more successful around the strategies to get yourself back on refocus and to you know avoid major damage that we can do in those situations. So again, you get the workbook and go to bevanjamesisles.com and that's going to be released on, I'm going to give the date because I imagine most people are listening to the show well after I release it. So for you, if you, I imagine most people will never put it, but it'll be released on Wednesday the 12th of October 2011. So you can get it then. I have had some emails from you guys this month and it's uh, been really cool. I, I do love the emails, keep sending them through. I, I really love it. I got an email from this is a really good one from Brian Lafleur and he's he was basically telling me he appreciates both the podcasts that I do and um, he's into the health and fitness field. He's, he's studying right now and he's also a bit of an endurance junkie since he's been since 2006 and he works three days a week in about 3.5k each way he listens to either I am talk of fitness podcasts so it's all good but in today's fitness podcast which was last episode which would have been episode 13 you had me thinking about myself and how my strength like you being work ethic and willingness to put in immense amounts of time is also my weakness in my triathlon career I've always trained alone other than one winter when I was joined a swim team I've trained alone I just figured that triathlon other than swimming is a pretty skillless sport and that I could just do it all three of it and gain a lot of fitness I needed to do as well that worked well in the first couple of years though I've had less than spectacular results in the last three seasons and so I've started to question my whole approach after a race I did this year where I placed third in a sprint finish the guy who beat me asked me to join his team and so I did as I learned, this team is made up of some of the best age group male athletes in the area, all around 10 to 15 years older than I am. A few workouts I had with them, I've learned a lot already above the, beyond the, the quality workouts. I've learned some other strategies that I can use. So, you know, like Brian, you know, listened to last month's show and, and, and it's interesting, I have started arranging my piano tutor. I'm actually, once I get back from Hawaii, I, st- I do my first piano lesson, so I'm kind of proud of myself. But Brian is, um, you know, it, last month's show, I was really fascinated with that whole idea of that our strength is our weakness and it was great to see that Brian got some value from listening to that. And, you know, it's, it's all these things I'm bringing to you are hopefully strategies that can help you be the better version of yourself, whatever that means to you. I often use that term and I, I think it's different for different people, but, you know, hopefully you two are getting value from the work that I'm doing so again if you've got any emails you want to send through I really really appreciate those emails and stuff like that if you are liking what I'm doing if you want to donate to the show you can donate to the show at my website on um, www.bevanjamesisles.com and if you go to that website and you click on the fitness behavior link you can then um, there's a little donation button there and you can just donate to what I'm doing it just helps me to put towards a great show and, and find more content I spend I do do a lot of research for each show so you know all that money kind of goes towards that and you know what it just helps me do better things in this world um, I tell you what 
I got I did this interview and, and I think you should I highly recommend you listen to we interviewed this guy called Bob Babbitt now if you're on triathlon world you'll know who Bob Babbitt is he's kind of like the voice of triathlon and I got a chance to speak to him and do an interview with him a couple of days ago around the Ironman obviously but Bob Babbitt in, in my triathlon world is this huge huge influence he's this man who he owns pretty much two of the biggest publications he's does a lot of the media work and all the rest of it and, I, and I, I had this interview with this man, and I had so much respect for him because Bob Babbitt is this guy who has a huge amount of influence in the world, and he chooses to use this influence in a way to make the world a better place. When we talked to him, we did this interview with him, and we, we obviously talked geeky triathlon stuff, but then he set up this foundation called the Challenge Athletes Foundation, and it's a foundation that basically is getting people who have had disabilities and getting them into triathlon or into sport really and in the last I'm not sure how long a period of time it's probably 20 years or so but they've raised 31 million dollars for people to get out there and you know get them doing you know, prosthetic legs and, and equipment if they need bikes or gear for you know for races and stuff and this guy was so passionate about helping people we did the interview and you know, again, we geeked out and he did a few stories on Challenge Athletes and then you turn the mic off and you kind of wrap up and you just, you know, say your stuff and he literally sat there for another 20 minutes just telling us about all, and not about him, not about what he had done for the athletes. He was telling me all the amazing stories around the athletes and what they had achieved. And I kind of look at Bob and he's an inspiration because I, I really do try to use my influence to be a better, you know, help the world be a better place and, and I looked at him and I just thought, wow, what a special person this guy is to... You know, to have a, first of all be so successful in his career, but then to use that influence to make the world a better place. And I don't know, I aspire to that level of you know what he does himself, and I hope that you know you guys get that from me. But I just think that you know, and ideally in the world is what you bring to the world, and you know, are you making the world a better place? Jeez, I'm getting deep, team. Sorry, I wasn't meant to go down this rant, but I kind of just you know I had this one of those experiences, as I was saying at the beginning of the show, where you you walk away from a conversation going. Wow, and we reflect on yourself. So I felt pretty privileged to spend that time with Bob Babbitt. If you want to check that out, I'll put a link to that in this month's show notes. So yeah, um, anything else? Not really. I'm going to be heading home to to Christchurch in a couple of days, and I'm really looking forward to it. I'm missing my partner Joe and my daughter Tyler. We've um, been on the road a little bit recently, so it's kind of nice to get home. And we've got this running business, which is going extremely well. It's um, I've talked about it on the show over the last few months, and I'm getting to one of those moments in life where the things I'm creating are really successful but they're also pulling me away a little bit from the core of what I want to be in this world and, and how do you manage that where you know your your babies that you're creating are, are blooming but they're requiring to take time away from you know who you are as a core person and it's it's a bit of a I have to admit right now I'm a little bit struggling with it and I'm really trying to consciously put in place ways that I don't lose self like and what I talk about when I talk about losing self well for me you know, meditation, I'll talk about a show on meditation at some stage, but for me, meditation is a big part of my daily life, and it's something I, it's one of my non-compromisables, you know, I'm not willing to compromise on having meditation in my day, but to be honest, over the last three or four weeks, I've probably had 10 to 15 days where I haven't meditated, and you can kind of justify it, because you can say, well, you know what, I'm, I'm doing this business that's going extremely well, but at the same time, it's not what I want to be in this world. I want to, you know, like, I love the business, and I want the business to be successful, but I don't want to be a non-meditator, there's too much value in my life when it comes to meditation. 
So I'm in this moment in my life where I'm trying to balance out and make it work so that I can A, be successful in my business, but B, you know, make sure I keep the things that, that I think keep me core me, like meditation, like playing music, like my own training. And, and I have to admit, it's a bit of a struggle, but it's I think it's a something that a lot of us can think about in regards to, you know, when you when you you know life evolves and as it evolves, making sure you stay on a path that's correct for you. So, it's uh, yeah, it's you know again I'm kind of in a ranty mood today, aren't I? So it's a good challenge. Maybe I'll tell you how I'm going with that next month. Maybe I'll I'll lay, I'll, lay, I'll tell you guys my goal is to next month you know is to maintain those things while keeping the business successful. Um, yep, it's going to be pretty much this month's show. So I'll um I'll wrap it up now, guys. But thanks so much for the show. If you've got any emails, you can email me at bevanjames at gmail Again, spread the word about my website and the podcast. You know, I, the feedback I get from you guys is great, and the more you can tell other people, the more I can do great work in this world. And um, yeah, rock on. I'll see you next month. That's uh, fitness behaviour for this month. <laughs>